0: Thank you for tuning in to the Queer Stories of Queues podcast. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Key. My pronouns are they/them. I identify as queer and trans, and I'm basically a recent graduate of SU, so if we can all just introduce ourselves, you know, with pronouns and just our position and affiliation with SU, that would be great.
1: Okay, so my name is Rio Flores, Uh, pronouns are he, they, I'm also a recent graduate of SU, Um, glad I made it, and I also present as queer and trans mask, and I I felt the need to add it, but... It's fluent. (laughs) Um,
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Nick Piatto. I am uh, the Census Lab Program Coordinator, and I use he, him pronouns.
3: Uh, Hello, I'm Jorge Castillo. I use he, him pronouns, he, him pronouns, and I'm the director of the LGBTQ Resource Center. Hi,
4: everybody. This is Amy Messersmith. I'm one of the associate directors for the Office of Supportive Services, which houses two opportunity programs, HOP and SSS. And my pronouns are she, her.
0: Perfect. So we've all gathered here today for the first episode of Queer Stories of Ques. Yeah, yeah. So thank you all for joining us today. Um, basically, we created this podcast to serve as a platform to tell and you know share the stories of underrepresented queer populations at Syracuse University and also within the Syracuse community in general. So over the past few months. Really, we've just been compiling interviews from SU alumni, SU students, faculty, staff who've contributed to the queer programs and, and events here at SU. And we're really excited to share um, all these stories and release them all. So thank you for gathering with with us. Um, basically, I think we just want to start off by, like, sharing what this platform will serve as. It'll basically be an oral history and an archive telling, you know, the stories of, of queer people. And um, I think it's really one of a kind, con- like it's the first of its type, right? Like there's never been an oral history at SU, you know, telling the queer and trans stories from our voices specifically. I think it's always been told from, you know, cis-hat people and it, it's time to like reclaim that space and tell it ourselves because we should be in charge of our narration so yeah
3: so one, one of the ways one of the the reasons i guess how we started this was because as we were preparing for the 20th anniversary of the lgbtq resource center um we found i don't know 20 plus big binders of clippings and cuttings and wow. a bunch of stories and letters and things that had been sent to us and sort of collected over the years and again they were all just sort of like flat stories on paper right and we wanted to talk to some of these folks and and hear their actual stories and and sort of bring some of these stories to life and and start compiling these stories um yeah like like you said bush right because we want to hear stories from people themselves and not sort of look back and just find papers and papers right
0: right Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's interesting because like the oral history telling is kind of a sacred form of knowledge right like ancestral knowledge and um how we've been told stories from our elders and ancestors have been from word of mouth right and like that's how we know everything, and all of our lessons and our stories we know from speaking, you know, not necessarily from, like, the colonial form of education and and knowledge, and knowledge making, right? So it's a really unique way of sharing stories, and we hope that it continues to expand throughout the next few years.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of maybe some folks still think of oral history as something that was in the past, right? And and it's something that we continue to do. We might not label it as oral history, but right. if you look at the ways that we build community and we have sort of closed spaces for ourselves to sort of like openly share and discuss both right. resources and feelings and, and support each other, that's what we're doing, right? We're essentially continuing that oral history tra- tradition.
0: Yeah,
4: and it's I think it's so interesting because we talk about institutional knowledge and the value of that and then to have this recorded telling of, you know, how the LGBTQ Center came into existence, even. Um, That's kind of like an origin story that, you know, it it can be told in a two dimensional way through paper, which I think is super important, but then to hear it, it, it adds an entirely new dimension to understanding what went on, and all the energy, time, commitment, patience, anger, all those things that go into creating something like this on campus i think it's really important
3: well even if we if we could even sort of challenge that right because it didn't start with the center in 2001 right there was a community i don't know if thriving is the right word but there was a community before that center came into existence right we found letters from like people who graduated in the 70s who were like queer people who now we might use the word queer right but who identified as gay and at that point and they were still finding community. They were still creating spaces for themselves, right? And so those stories were not kept anywhere. If it wasn't until after the fact that they wrote to us and said, "Hey, by the way, I'm so happy that there's a center now. There's a physical space right. for us."
2: Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get ahead because I'm sure you're telling some of the stories in the actual episodes. But like, like, what did those sort of communities look like? You know, before there was like the LGBTQ resource center.
3: So the center. Um, for about 17 years, we were housed, literally in a house on Ostrom. Oh, I just banged something. Um, we were in Ostrom and that was known as a Pride house even before the center opened because that was sort of a space, a house, literally, that was used by different organizations um, to Pride Union um, that sort of predates the center by a couple of years. And so it was sort of a space for queer people to sort of gather. So that letter for that per- from that person that I'm, I'm thinking about, Mm-hmm. They set up sort of like an informal coffee shop, so they rented a basement sort of studio. Wow, And that was sort of like an open place where like oh. and again, it was five cis, um, cis, cisgender white gay men who would mm-hmm. just had, to, had the, the means to rent that space. right. But they also through, through some conversations and I've been able to um, stay in contact with this person, um, they were also involving, like, other people of color into that space to oh, use wow. it as a way to organize, as a way to sort of meet and hang out and just, like, build coalitions, mm-hmm. which, again, we assume that it's, like, a new thing, but it's it has been happening right. forever.
0: I mean, we're always going to make it happen, you know, with whatever we have, whatever resources, whether however minimal or maximum they are, you know. So yeah. I think that's the important part, too, um, of, like, recognizing that and stuff like that. Did and
4: they- I think, it- oh, sorry. I was just going to say, was there a name for that space? Did I they know, call it something?
3: There was, and I'm gonna have to go back to <laughs> to it because there okay, was I Oh my god. We should like
4: called? recreate like a, right? a, a, a you know, like a
3: It was it a was a play on gay liberation front because again that's it was around the time of that like a lot of like it was a few years mm-hmm. post Stonewall and so a lot of that was mm-hmm. sort of like brewing in the air. Um they and so they they it was a play on that, but it wasn't they didn't want to be as radical or seen as <laughs> radical and so mm-hmm. it wasn't but it was, it was similar to that.
4: Oh, That's wow. so powerful.
0: You have, a, Amy, you have a podcast voice. Like, I <laughs> right? really like your voice. It feels yeah. like you're, you're making a podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think Thank I just want to um talk a little bit more about how it feels to be queer at a PWI since we've recently graduated and have been here for four years. And, you know, you are a staff here. Like, how has it been from the time that we've, Started to now departed and like kind of talking about our queer identities. Like, I can go first. I know this is a big question. I mean, for me personally, like, I didn't even identify as queer before coming here. So I think finding that identity and exploring that identity here has been rewarding. Um, and especially like with other queer and trans people, I've had like the privilege of meeting them here. I think it was hard at first to to find them, like spot them out. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't Like, I didn't know about the center when I first came here, and it was just, like, really nerve-wracking to kind of explore those identities in a PWI after coming from New York City and, like...
3: What year did you...
0: 2019 like right when barns happened (laughs) so uh, yeah i mean i found a lot of people through protests through resistance and all those kinds of things and that's how i found my true people right and i Mm -hmm. think that's what always happens in different forms so if we can just speak a little bit out to like how it's been at su and like how how it's been exploring those queer identities
1: yeah so uh for me i i actually knew about the center but not like fully i actually like because, like, beforehand, I knew I was mm-hmm. queer. I didn't even identify as queer. Like, I just knew it. I didn't label it. I don't know. I don't even... <laughs> that's a whole other thing, right? <laughs> um, and But also, that was, like... Um, before, like, the experiences I had here, but I actually... I knew about the house, and then when I came here, I was like, "Oh, where's, where's the house? Where's, uh, where's the house?" And was, Twenty minutes away from, yeah. <laughs> from downtown, Syracuse <laughs> right. University. Yeah. It was right on
3: Ostrom, so it was about a twenty-minute walk from Shine. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. wow.
1: And um, and so I like, and I, I was actually in the engineering, learning community, and it was very, white cis hat, um, yeah. very. It was just very intense. It was a very intense <laughs> learning community, um, but I was actually able to find some people in, like, the multicultural learning community, and I um, just knew that, like, I could, like, be around other folks that are queer. Um, but I think the whole purpose of it was just knowing that, like, at the end of the day, I was able to find my own community and I was able to find, like, where I feel comfortable at um, because I just was able to figure out, like, what I want to do and what I want to mm-hmm. um, what I want to experience because by surrounding myself with the people that I want to be and I think that's also where yeah. I like from the people that I met with and the people that like uh, I spoke with that was the general idea of like it was kind of confusing being here at such a large like such a large place like Syracuse like it's a yeah. huge campus like I get lost yeah. like I can't get to class in 10 minutes mm-hmm. like if I have to sure. travel across oh, my campus like <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> nightmare I don't know why there's classes on self when I'm on main campus and that's, like ten minutes away, I don't know how you expect someone to get there that fast. I didn't know there were classes on South. Yeah, like well, like it's like by the um, unless you're the like man, the, the Manley Field House. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. I don't the Comart really like Building. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. It's just I'm like that's so far, <laughs> that's so far that's away. Um, even Folk is so far away.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> those stairs.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Oh by Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I think it's it's a definitely a at the end of the day, like I enjoyed um, meeting people and like finding my own community, but it is also challenging just trying to navigate that. Um, but I think it's been a lot better now with yeah. new resources and now with like people, like students, a lot more students just knowing like okay, you could go here, or you could go to different mm-hmm. orgs, and like people won't be weird or people won't be like yeah. just rude. <laughs> but it's it's actually a friendly space.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Or hey, do you want to uh, speak a little uh, bit to how it's been like?
3: So I, I started here July 2018. I came here as assistant director, and I was I was lucky that the team that I joined were all people of color. So that was amazing to s- be surrounded by yeah. a bunch of like queer people of color. Starting um, Christian Kemdelizer, who mm-hmm. as an alumni um, was the the director when when I started, and that was that was amazing. But again, the distance between where the house was and what the rest of the community was was sort of challenging because I was coming from another, another university where students around the clock were always in the center, popping in between classes, have lunch, to study, to things. And mm-hmm. in the house, it was like crickets. Like, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, why did I come here? Like, students <laughs> are not popping in. But it was not accessible, right? Like, yeah. you couldn't right. just hang out there and then make it to class. It was just wasn't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And so,
2: mm-hmm.
3: pleasantly, that you know they brought us together and we're sort of now in Shine, we're centrally located. Um, As a queer person of color, then I'm I'm always gravitating to people of color. I think being surrounded by people of color is always important to me, just as it is to be with queer people, sometimes even more so. And so it's been really great to be with multicultural affairs. Right. Sort of. I can't separate those two things. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I have seen sort of that improvement and being now like openly in the middle of campus makes a big difference right like students are always coming through shine right and so that's fantastic
2: yeah yeah
1: i remember actually because we, we came in 2019 i remember when the research center was just like in bird like um before shine was like oh, actually right. finished oh, renovations yeah. and so was, right. everything was in bird and everything was on one floor yeah <laughs> on the fifth floor also so like no one like, even no went one up there <laughs> no one went up there i only found out that everything was like in that one place just because i had cedric's class and um and Bush introduced me to it and I yeah. met with Marissa but I remember I used to just see you like in the office because like I remember like I don't know if you was I think you was uh, like the assistant director <laughs> yeah. during the time when we came and but I remember like. There, were, there was like a lounge and people were playing the Switch and I was like, oh, what, what, what's happening over there? I was like, that's so nice. I mean, leave, it, like, leave it to the gays.
3: Like we, we brought the Switch, right. the color, the TV, the, la- the comfy we'll sofa. Everything. Yeah. The bring throws. Everything. Yeah. We're like, it's just oh. a
0: different vibe, you know, when you step in there, like you you see that you're surrounded with people that like are kind of like you and it, it just makes you feel welcomed, you know? So when you don't have that, it's kind of lonely and it's pretty, pretty bad.
3: You know, <laughs> so. I, I don't know, um, this could be a generation generational gap, but there's this movie called To Wong Food. Thanks for Everything, Miss Julie Newmar. Mm-hmm. And when the queens come into this, like they get stranded in a small town and they they end up having to stay in a room, like in this random place. And as soon as they walk in, they're like they are playing oh, oh. A Dream of Genie, I think, or something. And then they start throwing things around the room to sort of add color. That's how it felt when we moved to Berkeley. It was like sterile and white and quiet. And we're like, "Mm, no, this is not going to work for us.
0: It's also on like the quietest floor of the library. So if you go there, you can't like speak until you get wherever you're trying to go.
3: But we made it cozy. And again, not just the LGBT Center, but Multicultural Affairs, Disability Cultural Center. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: they're all connected really you know and I feel the safest really with like other queer disabled mm-hmm. people of color I mean the the most for me yeah. so yeah that's yeah. says a lot so I
1: yeah. think even um even like because we're well I'm me and Bushra are with SSS but even also like um how what, what is SSS? like so it's um student supportive services mm-hmm. and um it's a scholarship program that we was able to Um, get we was able to attain it actually we didn't originally get offered it and we had to actually someone reached out to us specifically like like hey we had this opportunity so you could be able to afford to come to Syracuse University if you like really want to be here and like um we know that you're like a person of color but you also have like um this uh, you academically qualify and also know we understand that there is like financial hardships just with the lack of resources historically Mm -hmm. um with specific communities so we was able mm-hmm. to attend SU through SSS, and we came here during the summer for Summer Start, yeah. And which is just a summer program. You come here, you take classes, like three classes, I'm pretty sure, but you also are here with like predominantly students of color yeah. that's in HOP or SSS. Um an H E O P if I really would ask Higher Education Opportunity Program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the Yep. Uh, that's a full name. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was like <laughs> Sorry, that was the
3: teacher to me like you what do you a. mean by that?
1: <laughs> 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 But um it, it, it felt comfortable actually because and that's I think that's where transitioning maybe was like good and like was helpful. It wasn't as stressful but it was also stressful just because of how different things are when mm-hmm. that the academic year actually picks up right and, it's and not all the just, white people come in yeah, <laughs> like, it, it's different you know when it's just us versus yeah. like everybody else but i i think also even um even that like being able to like know where to camp like what to do on campus. so like how syracuse is so different because like majority of us is also coming from new york city yeah not all of the students are but majority is from New York class. City. And um, it was actually kind of funny because it was like New York City at Syracuse. That's what it felt like <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. for the yeah. beginning of time. <laughs> and then we came here and we was like, oh, there's only in Sam open. Yeah. <laughs> <There's> only. <laughs> so I was like, I cannot have cookies for dinner, but yeah. <laughs> it's the only yeah. thing that's open right now. But it felt nice meeting other like queer folks or just like people of color generally because um, yeah. we were able just to interact before also like a lot of maybe we felt like fresh, not not like just like, Mm -hmm. general like family familiar like expectations of like, okay, what are we gonna do after college, (laughs) you know? But it was just more so us um, trying to figure out everything, but we had like a support system, so yeah.
4: Do you guys mind sharing a little bit about how, like going into a little bit more detail about how you found each other or like how you found the community, the queer community on campus?
1: Yeah. yeah, so do, I, do you want to
0: go? I could. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I think in Summerstar, we just um, bonded together. Like, I, all my friends were queer. And at that point, I was not, I did not identify as queer, right? I was straight. I thought I was straight and all these things. And um, I guess my friends had, like, opened. Like, I just got to explore that more because I was not able to go out that much, you know, in New York City and things like that. So when you have your own freedom, you get to, you know, delve into your identities more and explore them more. And I met Rio and I met um, a lot of my other queer friends and just started, you know, like, exploring my identity more. And I think Summer Star gave me that time too before the school year started to kind of just, like, explore myself and, like, what, like, I like to do. Um, So, yeah, I I think that that, that was it for me.
1: Yeah, I think... It's very similar. It well, as like, so we went through summer start here first. So we met, like we had a general uh, f- like friends Lauren. that we knew. Okay. Yeah, friends that we yeah. knew like people that we knew. And like, it's not that we're like, okay, like we're like, like just like clocking each other. Like we're like, okay, yeah, like, you're right. gay, like you're gay. Like, <laughs> you're like, gay. We're like, going <laughs> we to be friends. It's more so like, um, yeah. we were just talking and then like, I, I think it's more so like trying just to figure out like who you're comfortable with or like yeah. who you're, bonding like with like as friends or like okay like do you get a goodbye from this person yeah Yeah. um but I I think also um even like to like further like to further along like the queer community I guess on campus like it Mm -hmm. it took like organizing and like being involved in protesting or like being involved in different um spaces to like fully like find new people like queer regarding like the queer community specifically and also just people of color in general um and that's where like we was able to figure out like okay like actually like maybe i'm not like just cisgendered like maybe it is like trans right. and like what does that look like right. and it's different for everyone um yeah. but also like learning on like how to be like just a better person in general like oh, okay how to do certain things or like how to say certain things or like how to advocate more for specific mm-hmm. things and um i think a lot of times like language is very difficult because like we're all just like like eighteen-year-olds, seventeen-year-olds coming to campus, and I'm like taking these classes, and I'm like, I don't know half of the words that they're telling me, right. and like, um I think also like since I like also know it like another language, and it's also like kind of difficult, like trying to explain certain things, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's not no, I don't know, like I don't know how to put words to what I'm feeling, but that's how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just um, important to like try new spaces. Even like I was in lucha for like some yeah. part of my high school experiences, which is just a Latinx Oregon campus. Mm-hmm. Um and their name translates to the struggle, but it's just specifically focused on like um activism in Latin Latin America country, like Latin America in general, Latinidad. Um
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I was every somebody like upperclassmen that was also queer, but that wasn't like even the focus because it was mainly like focusing on like Latinidad and like being at a PWI P- Yeah. PWI. Um, so I think it's just more so, like, trying to figure out, like, mm-hmm. maybe there are certain spaces where I feel more comfortable, but everyone, like, everyone can be queer and in a random spot. You know, like, you could go to Chipotle and <laughs> you could run into someone right. and, like, you're like, oh, like, I see a pin on your bag and, like, oh, like, yeah, I love your pin. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's very, um, it's, it's very so just, like... I That's a rom-com
3: yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I love that you all both it it yeah. <laughs> I think,
0: like, when you come to, I, I, for me personally, like, I think I was questioning more the role of gender. Like, what does gender serve in, in my role, in my life, right? Like, mm-hmm. what kind of role does it play in, like, what do I actually feel about, like, my gender? And, like, all of those things started pushing me and challenging me to, you know, like, I don't know, think about more things than just, like, cis c- normativity. So, yeah, that was really important to me. Freshman year, I think I developed a lot of those thinking, and then I started getting into queer theory and, like, radical, like, feminism stuff, black feminist theory, and, like, all those theories that I learned in some of my classes, I could apply that to my life and my identities, and that bridged a lot of gaps for me. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think for me, like, I'm, I majored in sociology, right? And I, I'm not saying I'm a sociologist, but I felt like a lot of times, like, I was reading, like, a lot of, like, These articles and like these textbooks that specifically are focused on social, like, like Mm -hmm. sociology and like theorists, Um, and a lot of times I'm like, uh, there's a lot of gaps and there's like a lot of like, like misperceptions or like a lot of just one singular percep, like perspectives, Mm -hmm. Um, in general, like and it's just whites as men, so it's also like understanding like how does power and how does um, these like. Mm social structures like influence like students learning and like what we understand yeah. what what's what's okay but it's also just understanding like it's okay to like take it one step at a time like you don't have to have all the answers right now like i still right. don't, like i just don't i just been applying for jobs so it's like i don't know what you know the next like step is but it's just more so like um at least being able to have other people to talk back to or like just to talk with and like um yeah just meet with and they could just be watching a show like you could just
0: it makes a world of a difference you, you know could, it's yeah. about the people even yeah. in in your classes you ha- you kind of have to take a step back like there was this class that rio was taking it was like sociology on like gender and and they were just being so transphobic and like you know really yeah. focusing on like your sex assigned at birth and like all those kinds of things and going with those like I don't know, you have to take a step back, even in like the academic spaces that you occupy and be like, well, what am I learning? And like, does this check out? Like, you know, and it's hard sometimes, because you're like, I'm doing this for a grade, but also like, this is not really right, or I can challenge them a little bit more, or I can bring this up in my class and make everybody think about this for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, but it's always like, queer bodies putting themselves or like just right. people of color in general like putting themselves at risk like I know so many times of like specific students or like specific communities always having to like advocate in public and it's kind of like awkward or like the silence of like okay like why is no one else supporting it or like and it's also like you know scary because like if someone isn't out or someone isn't comfortable or like they're not going to say anything in class and I'm like you know I understand that specifically and it's like all these things are very like Um, scary especially like sometimes like at a predominantly white institution or like a predominantly and I know Syracuse is changing um, but also that's the thing that why I enjoy so much about the queer community because it's not just like Syracuse University and I think that's also what we have to focus on like not so much on Syracuse University but Syracuse community as well right it has a queer it has a queer community like it's it's thriving like you know it's it's very different from like other cities like New York City but like or like LA but it's is still it, there. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it still exists. And I think sometimes maybe to focus on, like, um, SU takes away from the community that was already vibrant and was already, like, really <laughs> doing so well. Like, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> there's just already so many people... Here in Syracuse and it kind of like takes away from like their stories as well.
3: Yeah. Um, I I think that's where the the importance of diversifying not just the student body, right? Like having faculty and staff who are your queer elders, right? And who are also people of color. So that we do that heavy lifting. We put ourselves in the front lines versus having the student who's more vulnerable, to still developmentally trying to learn about themselves and find the language to talk about themselves and what that means for themselves. And so that's the important sort of, of us being those people in yeah. the classrooms, in the administrative offices, right, supporting you, right, so that you don't have to do that exposure of yourself. Right? Yeah. And, okay. and as, you, as you probably saw from a lot of the interviews that you conducted, like, there were all these sort of, like, a whole generation of, of, of faculty and staff members right. who were openly queer, right? Sometimes I joke that I'm, like, professionally gay here, right? <laughs> but that's kind of my job, right, to be openly queer. <laughs> whereas like other staff and faculty members their sexuality or their gender identity can sort of take a step mm-hmm. back right?
0: yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: has there ever been a moment where you kind of had to challenge like the administrators or kind of like be like the only queer there and kind of advocate for queer issues I mean
3: I'm I'm always advocating for, for right. queer issues but I've been lucky that in terms of like my colleagues I, I have a again it's, right. there's, there's a lot of queer folks and again some of them are not as openly queer as others but But it has been nice to know that there are a lot of queer folks within the administration, which is important as well. right? Because they're also, if not as explicitly, they're always implicitly thinking about how to ensure that queer students feel safe, feel like they belong here.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we can talk a little bit about like queer joy and how we found queer joy on campus and where we feel the most safe and like comfortable just being ourselves. Or not just queer joy. Sorry, I don't want to yeah. exclude you guys <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but like just where we feel the most comfortable on campus and why we think that is Well,
3: but you're my, my philosophy in and, and Rio in class, it's like yeah. I assume everyone's queer until until they come <laughs> until out of otherwise his head. So like yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. True. So Joy, where do you find joy?
4: Yeah. Um, I I mean honestly this things like this bring me joy. Just to be able to sit down and have these kind of conversations and um have the opportunity to have the time to share a nuanced dialogue and I just think that that's so important. Aww. That's
0: so
1: sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um I think joy I could be different things I don't know like I feel like it could be queer joy, but it could be just like um, yeah. like being happy that you're surrounded by other folks that um have similar identities or just like uh, make you feel comfortable or make you feel welcome, and it could be through different activities. it could be just like, as I said, it could be just like meeting up like, oh, are you going to. The Cultural Collective, like I heard they have free food. <laughs> like, are you gonna go? <laughs> like, we always have food, yeah. I heard they got from Jandee's, like, are you gonna go? And I'm like, <laughs> I Always have those I Always have um, those bridges, yeah. <laughs> and it's always like um it's always just very nice, like also like meeting people that you haven't seen in a while, like, oh my god, mm-hmm. like how are you? Um, and it's just reconnecting and I think that just sparks joy. Like, I think random things spark joy. It could be I guess going to the barns to like I guess play yeah. soccer with someone, or yeah. going to the esports lounge, or just like, you know, just messing around, or just like walking on campus with your friends and taking pictures on a quad on the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was I was very joyful with that. Or air quality, rapidly, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it was really. It's moderately. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's moderately Okay, it was really looking. It was. It was, it was very looking grounded. bad. It was
0: like three ninety three. it was, okay. like it was
1: very know. hazardous, but. Yeah. I'm glad it's better. That's also joy.
4: So, anybody listening to this in the future, this is a day after a day. the.
1: Three three days?
0: I three think? days. Canadian forest fires.
4: Of the Canadian started. forest fire. It's smoke still
0: happening, I think. Invasion. I don't even know if they've gotten it under control no, yet. It's gonna no, it's
2: going to come back, I think they were yeah. saying okay. this weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah.
3: And I think it's a, a spreading towards like Alberta And like, mm. well, they're not spreading. They're different yeah. wildfires. But yeah, so it's. And again, in the East wow. Coast, it's sort of like first time that we we're dealing mm. with like the repercussions i suppose so like yeah the wildfires right. where, like you know the west coast it's like yeah. oh that's cute like, yeah <laughs> yeah
0: that's so funny yeah. it's so wild like living through a pandemic and then all this like climate crises um ongoing and and stuff like that i think that's also played a part in like our college experience and our queer identity is just like finding other disabled people that we can Lean back on and like you know like can I run a bath for you those kinds of queer disabled joy m- moments right and like how's your pain today like what is it a good day flare up day those kinds yeah. of things are important as a disabled person myself like um, it's been hard especially during the pandemic to connect with people and like maybe like we're more COVID cautious than the other people and like we just take care of our health a little bit more and um, what does that mean when you're also queer and like. You know, so it's it's been difficult, but we've found the moments of our community that we found are make everything worth it, right? And there's others like us. You know, we're not like the only ones, and that's the point of life is that you're not alone. But it, sometimes it's just hard to find. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is there? Um, I think also with um, with joy, and I think I think joy is very like sometimes it becomes very political in the sense of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna do this, t- so. I could say, like, oh, this is joyful, or, like, you know, like, I could say that um, people feel, like, happy here, and, like, like do they, like, are you actually doing mm-hmm. it for a good reason, and mm-hmm. I think that when you find those genuine spaces, it's very different, it's very, um, it's very warm. I think it's just a very, like, a safe feeling knowing that, like, okay, like, it, it's nice here, and I think also with, like, programs or just, like, experiences maybe that you're part of um, helps you find those spaces, because even with even like here at the Census Lab, it was very nice, like yeah. when it was even in the basement, like before <laughs> I in the basement, I was like, Oh, this is like this is actually really cool. Like I I'm like <laughs> yes. uh, I remember it used to just be like the computer lab the computer lab and like right. you go there yeah. to get homework and like if there was pizza you get pizza. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um I remember um when it was first in the basement at like eight oh four. Eight oh four, right? And yeah. um and it was very like it even it's a very nice space and this space is it got, it became so different now. Like, it's, it's decorated, as lights. I remember yeah. before, like, yeah. <laughs> when it was just building up. Um, but I know, like, so many people that, like, use this space and, like, are happy, like, they have, like, this, like, resource or, like, this this chance to, like, mm-hmm. maybe, like, voice something in a different way or, like, to use their, plat- use their, um, yeah. To have to have this chance to, like, voice how they're feeling or voice their concerns or just share, like what they want to do with the world, um, with different people in the community as well. So it's very nice as well. <laughs> like Thank this you, is Nick
0: and Amy, <laughs> for all this. Yes. Music even plays a, such a big role in queer and people of color's storytelling and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So mm-hmm. everything is just so connected and we're just so grateful to like, be here and, and like, make use of the space. That's
3: that's one thing I was going to say. So like in a personal level music, music brings me a lot of joy, especially like, again, POC artists and queer POC artists, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, But also being part of like programs or or things that connect with students at different levels. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when we're hosting a guest or we're having a program and that's different students can kind of connect and find something for themselves. So like one of the things that we've been doing actually since the the 2019 Not Again SU Mm protest, we started doing sort of like a we call it knit three spill the tea oh, um yeah. lovingly called stitching bitch um <laughs> <laughs> and we started it as as a way to again in, in bird library we yeah. would have a bunch of queer students just hang out there and like knitting and talking and yeah. kind of decompressing from the protest and and we continued that and that sort of becomes sort of something that just we do every friday afternoon now and that's really joyful to like come in on friday afternoons mm-hmm. and just see like a bunch of students just hanging out like luckily not having to decompress about a protest but just Right. Com- talking about their week and mm. and their weekends and things like that. So that's always really joyful to me. Mm-hmm.
1: I saw you had, like, the series. And I, I actually picked up Crochet because I was like, oh, I... <laughs> Actually, want to know crochet. And I was like, I was like, that's actually so precious because yeah. you just, you're just, you know, like you just, it's a relaxable. It's sometimes, sometimes it's stressful, you know. Yeah. sometimes it's very stressful. So <laughs> <laughs> I five years. It's been well, no,
3: four years, and I still can crochet or knit. Like I can do one line and undo it and redo it and undo it. But yeah, <laughs> but it's part of that, right? Being in community and sort of, and so it's become more of a crafty space now. So like, for World Aids, for example, like our students we talked about the AIDS quilt and the importance mm-hmm. of, of remembering, right, each other and remembering our community and those that have passed. And so they've kind of created like a smaller like version of their quilt. And so like, again, wow. they keep doing things, crafty things, which is amazing. So you don't even have to know how to craft or crochet or knit. You can just come in, be in community and learn mm-hmm. a new skill or not, you know, you can right. do just the bitching part, not the bitching <laughs> part. So.
0: It's so important though, all of these like artistic programs to, you know, reimagine really. right. Mm. a, a future for all of us
2: so. I, I forgot a question real quick um in terms of like community and you were talking about besides just like the su community like have you found any spaces like in the entire syracuse community that bring you joy whether they're queer spaces or not or let me think
0: yeah. um have you guys heard of sankofa heels like mm-hmm. yes the yeah. is over there and that's like a really um, welcoming space for specifically like birth doulas and you know, birthing mm-hmm. people and like um, pe- people who are about to like be a parent or like trying to be a parent or just need to learn more skills about like birthing. They do like doula trainings um, often, they do like donations and things like that. So it's really community oriented. And also, We Rise Above the Streets is also another community organization mm-hmm. that does like weekly um, sandwich Saturdays and like those kinds of events. I think those are like that's, like, the epitome of community, and, like, yeah. right. like going there to do something and contributing work and then leaving and meeting people, those are, I think, two spaces in Syracuse that are, are bringing great joy, and they're doing great work for mm-hmm. people, and they, they should be highlighted more. Mm.
1: And I think also, um, even in, like, smaller, like, spaces are just, like, finding more locations for, like, folks to, like, okay, like, oh, I could use this space to, like, um rent out because even with the community folk art sensor mm-hmm. yeah um i there's like a lot more of this like emphasis of like reaching out to the community or like making sure that the community is able to like use the space and even students of color like a lot of students are able to feel more comfortable going there and knowing that like okay like if i have to if i need to use the space to like organize if i need to use a space to just have an event for mm-hmm. a community event like a like a giving back, um, I'm able to use those spaces or just like even when we talk about donations like you know like I know how the Hendricks has donations but there's also like um yeah. local like comp like local businesses that like do like drives mm-hmm. um and uh, they just need like more you know like more of attention um and even like going downtown sometimes and like you could just go downtown and then you could just stumble into like just like random like pop ups or even like yeah. random um, sales even like and it's just like very um, queer friendly. I know there's like even like this like bar, but it's like an arcade in downtown. Oh, three oh, Lives. Yeah, is that the one? I I think Does that's it the guy? one.
3: Did yeah. you know that? And I don't know if it's before Three Lives, but that used to be a
1: soul food place yeah. owned by oh, a really? black queer woman. Oh. Yeah. What? Oh my oh. God. I missed the soul food place on my show. I really miss it. Oh Winnie's. Winnie's. Oh yeah. I loved it. I'm gonna get sad oh, it wow. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of Chipotle. I'm not, I just can't, I, can't, I can't I just can't have that. Think, I mean, of, that. The think yeah. of the love stories. Think <laughs> <laughs> of the love <Yeah>. stories. Yes. <laughs> no, but um I think it's just very nice to also like find just like random spaces, even in, on on Salina and how like there's so many like even, like, Gannon's ice cream and mm. like how there's, like, so many mm-hmm. times, like, there's just random people that go there and, like, they just start talking conversations with you and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's, that's so fresh. It's Like, you know, it's just random people, like, conversing with you and it's, like... Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it'd be weird. You know, sometimes it can get hard. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you know, those talks to yeah. strangers, obviously. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'd be talking to too many people <laughs> myself yeah. in a weird situation. <laughs>
4: you need to get one of those, like, mics for your cell phone and, like, start, yeah. like,
1: <laughs> you know? No. Yeah, it's just, like, welcome to me. <laughs> yeah,
4: you start recording these
2: conversations. are
1: you on it. the street?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, that's um, sometimes
3: the challenge, with, yeah. right? Because we're you know at a university and sometimes like bridging those gaps with our mm. community and the community is like right across the street right and yeah. sometimes we we don't people don't intentionally go to the south side go to the west side mm, right yeah. and and have those conversations right. with people right because we are for better or worse we're impacting the community right the, mm. the largest is community and we're sort of a big presence yeah. again for better or worse i can see the dome from my house and i don't right. want nearby <laughs> right
0: <laughs> yeah you can't put a wall between <laughs> us you know like you have to talk to people, right. especially yeah. people that are from here. Like yeah. mm. just like separate us. Yeah.
2: Have you guys gone to a Wolfstone? Yeah. No. Do you, know no. Where, do you know where that is? Where's that? It's like a it's like a really old gay bar. It's up in, the, in like the north side. It's kind in of the stripper district. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> truly. Yeah. We have There's to. a red light district. <laughs> <laughs> red truly. Light. It's, it's yeah. kind of
4: a, like close to the mall. Ish. yeah it's that like neighborhood
2: the north side but they do like a brunch i think it's every week it might be yeah, every other week it's, it's pretty it's pretty good yeah and there's like a lot like there's some history there so if you're looking to maybe interview some people wolfston
3: yeah yes i do know her. <laughs> yes.
1: okay i'll check wait, it out wait is it wonder war no oh, i'm trying to like but have you been there uh, yeah, I've been. I, I think is that's the cake? place I was like, <laughs> I oh. I was like, "But I didn't Is that even, a gay bar? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. like very yeah. queer friendly, but yeah. it's also like, um, yeah, I know there's even ice cream shops. I oh this, gay this um, ice cream shop? the one it has like Spirited Away merchandise. Oh yes, really.
0: um, cake bar. Cake bar. Yeah, cake oh. bar is cute. Oh my,
1: yeah. it's precious. It's actually precious oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they have very nice desserts. Um, really? Cake yeah. yeah. I mean, I go to the place for the food. So I, don't, yeah. I don't know, but, but it's very friendly. It's very also just warm. I form. would
0: love to go to a gay bar, though. Yeah. We should go. Okay. Go well, <laughs> like
1: any place we
3: go
0: is a gay bar, right? Yeah. Or a, right. Or yeah. a gay bakery I mean, right. or a gay so, library yeah. or a gay everything. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll make it gay. We'll make it gay. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we can conclude the episode, really. But thank you so much for joining us today on our first episode to kick off the podcast series, Queer Stories of Cues. Yeah, Thank, thank, you. You, thank much. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. you i the going go